0: are back you're listening to you would think the philadelphia flyers podcast i'm your host kyle collington and joining me today it's the one and only mr kevin durso how are you i'm good a little tired (laughs) it's been a week of the the west coast games the the 10 p.m eastern
1: starts Uh, it's been a week i did not miss 10 o'clock starts Actually, uh, it's not it's not that. You know what? I don't care about the start times. It's
0: it's the finish time and then the post-game article and the, the follow-up and the blah 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 and
1: right. It's it's probably about the time that the follow-up gets done because even the post-game article is done pretty timely that like I could You tend to I,
0: write that kind of during the the, the second half right, of the third period.
1: Right. Right. But see, it's it's the after effect because as soon as I get done with the whole whole thing if I just turned around and said, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just go to bed and I'll wake up and I'll do this whole thing over again. I could be in bed by like about 1, maybe 1.15. Okay. You know, depending on wh- wh- what time the game exactly ended. Like the Wednesday game against the Oilers didn't start technically until like 10.15. Like, right. TNT puck drop, the classic, you know. so um, TNT knows drama. <laughs> TNT knows the NBC blueprint that's what it is so we start at 10 15 and then end and it's like I don't even know if it was even just quarter of one I think it was even closer to one than that and so when you're finally done with that and move forward with it it's like okay now it's already after one o'clock and I'm just starting on the other one so those are like that's hectic enough as it is I can actually sit there and say that I think I don't remember what time I got done with everything on the Thursday game, but the Saturday one, I was finished publishing the the recap at like 1245, I think. Well, that
0: game was pretty easy to talk about. We'll... uh we'll get there when we get there
1: it was easy to recap the game itself but I, i'll tell you this much it wasn't exactly the easiest one to do takeaways for because there was kind of Not one many takeaways there were two really easy ones and then the rest was kind of like i had to really like if nothing else you know i did what i always do when it comes to games like that sometimes which is if i can get a good quote that Allows me to branch out on oh I this is what I think they mean by that or this is what we should take from that quote you know like the second point that I had in the five takeaways from Saturday was a quote which I thought summed the whole thing up so I mean we'll get into that more specifically when we get to the Saturday game but for sure let's let's start with Wednesday because uh
0: the Philadelphia Flyers went out and played Connor McDavid and the as of at the at the time undefeated Edmonton Oilers yeah. Handed, uh,
1: handed Connor his first loss of the season. Uh, that game was fun. It was a fun game. So, here's the th- so here is the thing for me. And I'm kind of taking away the focus from Wednesday for a second and, f- and looking at the road trip big picture. Because I want to go back to our kind of season preview episode for a second. Because when October ended, there was kind of a number that I had in mind. And I'm like, if you got here, you're doing okay. I, I tried to kind of, and this is why I, I like when we get to Saturday, I really want to focus big picture again because it was, I kind of tried to sit there and say, when you bring in this many new players, there's going to be an adjustment period. You have to brace yourself for the fact that you may, you know, take last Saturday. And I know we're going back to, a, we did a show in right. like right after that, but take last Saturday. You played well, you had a decent game, you lost to a team that hadn't lost yet either. Right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen early in your season. It might not be the best results-wise. You're just looking for competitive hockey.
0: And, and Sergey Bobrovsky played his tail off.
1: He did. But beyond that, like, what I'm trying to get at when I talk about that is, is that, okay, so you come out of that game and you're 2-1-1. and You kind of stole the point against Vancouver dominated seattle had a really good game against boston and then lost a close one to florida the the deciding goal is shorthanded the eventual one that makes it a two-goal margin is an empty header it's gonna happen that way they were an undefeated team good for them you know like they're playing well it's been evident good for them so you come into this week and you get the same test right away Here's another one undefeated haven't lost. And oh, by the way, Connor McDavid has not slowed down at has,
0: all is obscene is on. I think at one point he was on like a 215 point
1: pace. He's he was averaging coming into that game. They had played what they were what five and oh two, I think, right? Uh, yeah, so they were five and zero, he, and he came into that game five games into the season averaging, I think, 2.6 points per game.
0: Yeah, like, he was getting pretty close to Gretzky numbers, and that's, like, that's not insignificant. Like, that's real. (laughs) Like, and we're talking through five or six games, you know, a fairly small sample size, but still, that's a a lot
1: of points. That's a lot of points. Sure, and it's not like they actually really slowed him down. He still got his two points in the (laughs) game. He sure did. The, the, The difference, though, was that, well, for one, it's timing, because you didn't trail you got the first one you kind of worked your way through it and you had to deal with like you you actually because they went up as they did they went up to nothing and i mean they gave the one right back so it was basically a one goal game for most of the period but the res it's the response like how many times did we see that happen before or how many times would it have been the other way around you're trailing to nothing and you've got to be the team that digs out of it you right. know
0: or the team that puts up four shots through two periods.
1: Well, they we'll talk about Saturday later. They didn't put up four shots through two <sighs> it was periods. Pretty
0: close, yeah. man. Oof.
1: I hear you, but nonetheless, um, like here. But this is my thing, though. So you get into this game, and you have you have your small moments. I mean, like it's two really good plays that get you the lead in the first place. It's two. I don't want to call them attention to detail plays because they're not. It's not really details. They're just hustle plays. It's awareness. It's when there's an opening somewhere, you just react. It's it, that's all that that was. Claude Giroux on that wraparound is reaction. Oh look where the puck ended up on that Hockey shot. IQ. It's and look at the opening I have. If I move quick enough, I'm gonna get. I might get a goal here, and you do. That it's, is a
0: high a high end player making a high end play.
1: Sure, but then you also get the goal from the not so high end players. You get a read from Abe Kubel to get a turnover there, get the puck in front quickly, get them scrambling around and it goes into the net. Now it's two nothing because you reacted and made a play on a turnover. It's the same type of thing. It's not exactly the same, but how many times has it happened before whether it, you know, it happened to Carter Hart last year. You react to a play and if you make a guy make a mistake and you make him pay for it. You, then you can capitalize. And that they've done that a lot this year. you know. Absolutely. So anyway, you move forward with that you have that two-goal lead. It's It lasts for all seconds before they came down and they scored a goal. But you're playing at the period, and I'd have to go – I have to kind of go and check just to see how many it was to that point. I think it was their third power play of the period already.
0: Yeah, it was something Edmund, like it was that. Something,
1: it was crazy. It was something ridiculous. I mean, you can't play that game that way. They were actually – I mean – the, the good news about it was is that they ended up, after that penalty, they didn't take another penalty until the third period. And that was kind of weak, by the way, that third period penalty. Yeah, it
0: was. but, none, um, yeah, but nonetheless, The officiating game in, in this game was a little wiggly. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way.
1: It, I mean, it was, but I actually liked the fact that the second period didn't involve anything. It was a, let's just let them play. I actually appreciate that in a game because you got to get – you know what? You got to see what that game really was all about. Look how fast one team moves. Look how physical another team's being, and look how it's working for both. It's a 3-3 game after two periods for that reason. Well, before we talk
0: about the second period, we have to talk about the sequence that ended the first period.
1: Right. So, okay. So it's, so it's a Zach McEwen penalty that leads to the, pow- the third power play for Edmonton in the period that leads to the goal. McDavid scores it it's actually more of a fluky play than anything because he's just trying to make a pass down low for a tip and it hits Justin Braun instead and goes in 18 seconds
0: left in the period right
1: it happens it's not you know there's not much you can do about it sometimes right you know as far as I'm concerned the real reason that you gave up that goal is because you took another penalty in the first period where they were already starting to get their rhythm in place because you're up to two. You know, how many yep. more penalties can you give a team power play opportunities before you realize And not just any team, turn, a team that know. can
0: throw out Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on their top power play? Well, unit. exactly. Like, this isn't like, your standard power play unit, you know. <laughs> right.
1: How many times are you supposed to do that before it doesn't come back to haunt you?
0: Two you of know? the five best players in the world? I don't think it's crazy to say.
1: No, it's not. Absolutely not. Right. They're probably I mean, three
0: on some people's lists.
1: Well, because, because of the fact that if I go in and I looked up the league leaders in points right now, I bet they're at the top of the list.
0: I would bet they always they're pretty lie. close. Yep, Connor McDavid just puts up obscene numbers like we talked about. Yep, there they are. Connor McDavid,
1: 16 points. That's interesting, though, 16 points, though, because in the last couple, that means he's slowed down. He, he has slowed in, down a little. He came into Wednesday with 13, so that probably means in what, the last three games he's got one or got two or three? something
0: like that he has slowed down a little bit his
1: pace has gone down to a point per game speaking of pace
0: while i pulled up the league leader stat uh, we just need to take a brief time out and mention alexander ovechkin holy smokes he wants to pass gretzky by march (laughs) alexander ovechkin has nine goals in eight games he's on a 90 goal pace and we're 10% of the way through the season. Like that's not an insignificant sample size. He is on a 90 goal pace and I don't think he's going to score 90 goals.
1: <laughs> but that is obscene. No, but he came into the year, okay. What what was the number as he came into the season? Do we like just to try to remember exactly what it was. I mean, I'm going to have to go and look it up because I don't I know I've seen it multiple times. He's at So he came in at 730, right? Okay. Because nine gives he's got 739 in his career. That's what he's at. So if he came in at 730, he needed something like 163, I think is what it is. To yeah, pass I don't think draft. he's actually going to pass them. No, 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 but I'm thinking. <laughs> but, but if you would have told me he needs 163, and oh, by the way, he might have a 60-goal season to cut yep. the number to 100.
0: That makes the last four years of that contract. This record's pretty doable.
1: Now, I th- I have a... Th- I have a theory to some things too. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if his teammates, knowing that they want him to try to go for this record, aren't looking for him on every empty. Oh, net they're situation. feeding him
0: all day long.
1: Well, they are, but the, I think they—they're doing that. Here's the thing: there's doing that in the middle of a game because you need the lead and you know he can fire it, like when you're on a power play. And there's at the end of the game, hey, if we can get him the puck with an empty net, go for because I think he's got like Absolutely. two. he's got like two or three empty netters already this season, and like. I'm not trying to downplay the nine goals scored, but I think two or three of them are empty netters. Is in, like, they're trying to aid this cause. Because every time you turn around right now, it's... Because why don't you? Well, because it's also... He's already passed Marcel Dion. He's going to pass Brett Hull in, like... And Marcel Dion was five, correct? Yes. Is he in the top five now? He's already in... Yeah, he's fifth already. He's yeah. in, He'll be fourth probably tomorrow. I mean, I, 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 I'm... I'm Crazy. I, I, I'm kind of being like a little hypothetical with that because I don't know. They actually do play tomorrow, so maybe he will be fifth tomorrow or fourth tomorrow.
0: As someone who really only saw what was left of Wayne Gretzky for the New York Rangers, yeah, I feel comfortable saying that this is the greatest goal scorer I've seen in my lifetime. I did not see Prime Gretzky, and I take that, mea culpa. But in my lifetime, it's Alexander Ovechkin, and it's not really close.
1: The thing that I kind of come back to with that is, I don't know if we're ever going to see another like it either. Because,
0: man, I don't want to be that guy.
1: No, I'm not trying to say I'm. But I, like, that I'm kid not up in
0: Toronto is doing some things.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay.
0: He's putting up some <laughs> some significant numbers. He's starting he, to cross some thresholds. He's got 200 already. He does. he's got 200 and he's like 24
1: but you can come out from your draft year and come out like gangbusters and then something happens that changes the course that's all i'm saying like
0: and i understand but to say we're never going to see another like it man uh, it's tough to say
1: no because the athletes are getting better the game is progressing I get it, but like at the same time. See, here's the thing for me with Ovechkin. though. Ovechkin is th- what 35, maybe 36 already at this point. So we're sitting here talking about this, going, "He's not young. Oh, he's well. He's. It's not that he's not young. It's we're still talking about him having a 60 goal season. It's obscene. 18 years down the line.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Like that's the difference for me with him. It's not. Oh, look at what he's able to do. It's we're talking about it's so consistent He's like doing it from the nursing home like if 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 austin matthews has a great year one year but then the next comes out and all of a sudden we're sitting there going well why did he only score 25 this year if he wasn't really hurt or something
0: i, th- like. I think he was on like a 70 goal pace last year or pretty close to it i think it was like 66 oh, that,
1: well because it was it was literally a battle of mcdavid and matthews one was putting up ridiculous goal numbers and the other was putting up ridiculous point numbers
0: yeah man he scored with mcdavid how much does that say
1: well, exactly, but... Well, and he it, was
0: putting the biscuit in the basket.
1: He was, but I don't know. I mean, look, we're also, and I've I've used this before, because if if nothing else, one thing that we absolutely, it, that is absolutely true, no matter how, how we spin it, and I, to be honest, to tie it back to the Flyers, I guess a little bit. I guess I we took should a,
0: probably do that.
1: No, no, no. But I took a piece of this from Nolan Patrick, kind of, in a way, because, no, because when you get to that draft year, you've been spoiled with Matthews, and you know, it was Matthews Eichel, and... Or, you know, Matthews Liney and um, it was it McDavid Eichel and like right. all that. like you've been spoiled with drafts where there's not just one guy. There's two that are absurd talents that are going to go clear cut one, two. And that was essentially what he sure Patrick became was like
0: haven't all those second overall picks gotten traded.
1: Line they have Michael well, well, hasn't yet. Eichel has sure not yet, away. but he probably will be
0: once he has. That's an interesting little stat.
1: No, but hang on a second. Now, see, now you're going to make me get curious because I believe a lot of the thirds have because Kokaniemi got traded and Dubois got traded and like. <laughs> like.
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh, like but there, either are certain,
1: way. there are certain draft years where like guys, guys last at the top. Guess what? Here's another one who I think did, didn't he get traded too? Dylan Strom? He did. So Dylan Strom's gotten traded. That's one. That's no,
0: who's who's the first number one of that bunch to leave.
1: It's going to be hard for it to be anybody, to
0: be honest. I know. Like, I I suppose because he doesn't have his contract yet, it makes sense to say Jack Hughes just by default. But <laughs> uh, right. Uh, but like, that's not really fair. Uh, all right. It's not,
1: it's not, I mean, it's not going to be. I if you're asking me, I find it hard to believe that the devils are going to trade any of those guys because Hughes is and it's it's like it's unfortunate that Hughes is hurt I said
0: leave. I didn't say trade there well, that's could be true. a world where all their young studs all want money at once and somebody's got to go
1: I, okay then fine you want to know who the first number one who leaves then is okay. rasmus Dalin.
0: oh absolutely goodbye the second he's going to sign a one year deal so he can get arbitration and then he's going to get a one year deal so he can walk to ar- or a two year deal to walk to UFA and he is a gonzo.
1: Turning the page right over to Owen Power.
0: Oh, God. Who will be right out the door about 24 <laughs> months behind them? But either way, uh, either let's,
1: way. let's go but back so to Western Canada or, or, here. No, because, because the, okay, so because the point was we're at you – know, you're trying to stop the best player in the world. And right. the bottom – like here was the thing. I, I want to bring this up because – it was a comment i saw regularly and i kind of get bothered by this because again i repeat you're playing the best player in the world so i get it rasmus ristolainen got burned by him in the neutral zone and he gets a rush opportunity from it
0: morgan riley got burned by him a year and a half ago in an insane clip like I, and morgan riley is a better defenseman on most metrics than morgan uh, than rasmus ristolainen is better paid now too he sure is congratulations
1: on that extension morgan i, I i'm not gonna we're gonna di- we're gonna divulge into something no that we're not need, no 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 we're gonna no it's, <laughs> it's we're gonna branch off into another topic that we don't need to get on i was gonna say right. though i i don't think they're gonna love that contract in five years
0: i it's they, another they one of a think. bottleneck everywhere so
1: exactly so anyway back to the uh, back to the edmonton game
0: maybe they finally trade marner
1: and let's get let's get right into that like you said. Let's get into that sequence because the goal happens, it was let's just wait. They were due to give up a power play goal. Certainly. And they were due to kind of give up a goal to that guy.
0: Like Uh fair enough.
1: Like it kind of just felt like it was playing out that way, you know? And at
0: a certain point it feels inevitable. Like and I, I do want to be I want to join the long list of people who don't see Connor McDavid play very often but have something to say when he plays against your team. Holy smokes, that guy is good.
1: It also had been, uh, for the record, too, by the way, it had also been what, two years since the Flyers had played him?
0: Right. So you and I chit chatted briefly about the fact that we have both purchased NHL 22. And Connor McDavid feels like you're a player three years down and be a pro, and you're a 99 overall, and you just have 210 points, and like you're just running <laughs> over the league. He that's what Connor video- McDavid feels like. And the fact that he he's is- only a 95 in franchise mode is actually a joke.
1: He is a human video game.
0: But he should be at least a 97. He should probably be a 99.
1: I feel but like that's just, just my opinion. I think they're more reluctant to give out that number in video games because in years past, there were Man, like five. 99s right you know what i, mean? I like,
0: love the way madden does it like when they release their ratings guys join the 99 club like they send out jackets like that they do good. a whole thing
1: yeah like you're that good
0: exactly this that's how you market your stars that's how you you know bring attention to the, the guys who are the good the best at the game is right. that not what we want
1: now, in in the game itself, in this new game, I think that these X factors that they gave are a way to that highlight to highlight certain players' skill sets better. I like that angle that of is it because, true. because what you're doing is you are shining on certain players, but you've got two guys on that team, especially when you put them both on the same power play. And I don't even remember did he? Yeah, he didn't even factor in. Drysaddle did not factor into that goal. No, in terms of actually getting on the board. I mean, you had Tyson Barry scored the first one and Dreisaitl assisted on that one, but the power play goal, Dreisaitl was just a decoy. He's just, and that's kind of the thing. He's on the other side of the he's ice. He's just a
0: big German
1: tank. But you have to account for both. So when you're trying to kill a penalty against that unit, you're keeping an eye on McDavid, who, by the way, doesn't stand still. He's moving right. constantly.
0: How do you guard Shaq and, and Kobe?
1: Kind of, in a way. So, So that happens, and... It was. It felt inevitable, and it felt like a, a really disappointing way to end a first period where you got off to a really good start. And then, in a matter, and I'm not kidding when I say this, because there were seventeen point eight seconds left when the goal by McDavid is scored. And at the time that this particular play begins, there are uh, because uh, because there was a um, I believe it was a, there was there was a dangle clip done by this, and he points out there's seven seconds left, and the goalie is playing the puck. There's seven seconds There's no left, and the goalie is playing the puck behind the net at that moment. That's how much time's left, and it's behind your own net. And that quickly, you get it up to Travis Sanheim, who just hits you with the alley-oop pass. He's just throwing it out there to, for all intents and purposes, run out the clock. Until the clock. Let's just not give something else up. It's tied. But Cam Atkinson doesn't see it that way. He sees, I'm going to hustle, and I'm going to get down there and try to make a play. And what happens when he goes to try to make that play? He gets into a position where just one bobble by Darnell Nurse allows it to land on his stick well, not even on his stick, to land in his feet where he's alert enough to kick it between his legs to his stick and in one motion get a shot off. That oh, basically yeah, as far as that basically as far as I'm concerned, Miko Koskin is sitting back there going, Where'd that shot come from? I wasn't ready for this, so in it goes. Right.
0: You yeah, know what I, I- mean? Cam Atkinson is, he is the bolt of lightning that this team needed.
1: Absolutely. He
0: he really is.
1: And I mean, and here's the interesting part. As I shift to the second period of this game, the lead lasted for how much time? A minute? (laughs) 55 seconds? Something like that. Like the second period starts and you give up a goal right away. To tie it right back up. So you are back to square one. But Man, the but key but the key from there was is that you played a smart game from there in terms of setting yourself up for what could be, you know, how many situations they've they've played. I, I actually think I mentioned it at the start of that game in particular. You've played three games in a row against Boston, Florida, and Edmonton, where the whole story is win a period, win a game. Yep. You you have two points right in front of you, right here, right now. Go win a period, win a hockey game. And they did that against boston and they're a, a, which ironically enough who scored the game winner against boston early in the third period same thing here comes cam atkinson cam dude we need does he have a nickname yet no i don't think he, not by himself i can't I, wait till I,
0: kevin I, hayes gets back he'll have a nickname
1: you, you want a nick you want a nickname like in the warm-up tunnel like I, we're coming onto the ice I, Cam Atkinson
0: is so much to say, and you can't just call him Cam. And Atkinson sounds weird. Like it just, it, it, we need something that flows. He said it, it, something. We'll find something. Time. I am sure it will come organically from the players. Keith Yandle, Kevin Hayes. Like we, we have some personalities on this team. There's there, probably there's, a nickname from the Boston College days. There, let's, let's be honest. Wait.
1: There's been let's put this way. There's been a pl- like there's been the play on words with lights Cam Atkinson. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah you know that that's been done i'm sure there's something what well, you're looking for see you're looking for like goblin you're looking for I, like right i'm looking for a nickname a, a real
0: true nickname
1: you're looking for young beezer in the cut
0: exactly or well, not even that just beezer just the, no the i know but, you know, but like, you know I'm saying? Yeah. you're looking
1: you're looking for that line that kevin hayes uses that becomes yes. oh now everybody's gonna sit there and say beezer everybody's gonna you know green goblin it's you know what was some of the other ones that he had. He had a bunch <sighs> of good ones.
0: There's some good ones.
1: But like even
0: you can't even do the the hockey last name at a y thing with Atkinson. It just doesn't it just doesn't flow. Right, you can't hazy. Yeah, I know. You, know, you you just can't do that. Hazy and Yans. Right. G. Coots. Like there's there's no nice clean simplification of the word Atkinson, so we're gonna have to figure this out. I hear. Let you us know right. on Twitter at YWT Podcast. <laughs> so speaking of win a period, win a game, uh, turns out we can do that in the first period too. Let's talk about Thursday night against Vancouver.
1: Yeah. I, so uh, I not think not quite that, the same atmosphere. No, but it was. A, here's the thing: a lot of what I saw at the end of Wednesday on Twitter was look this is all well and good like they're they've won this game but man they're gonna be gassed going into a back-to-back they got to travel to vancouver and they just had to skate with the fastest team in the league and basically do it with a one just goal in the whole game and basically do it with a one goal lead the whole way though like right. you play that entire third period you're protecting a one goal lead it's not until the final minute of the game that you finally get the empty net or insurance tally which was a close call by the way
0: <sighs> no kidding
1: it was barely on side barely but it was
0: i don't think it was but that's just me <laughs> i'm certainly not complaining
1: about it but you know i don't why,
0: think that was on side. Do you
1: know why i think it was on side
0: because they wanted to go home
1: no because the linesman actually put his hand up to say off 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 waved it off or maybe he was waving off offside i don't know I couldn't tell. But he was waving something off like, no, no, no. He put his hand up, I think. He put his hand up to call offside and he was waving off the goal, I thought. And then they went and looked at it and determined, no, it's a goal. That's what I I think happened. I don't know.
0: I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth because if Edmonton comes down and scores the other way, I don't want to play against Connor McDavid in overtime.
1: And that was – look, and it was a big enough – I don't want to do it. Right, and it was a big enough deal because you survived that portion. Goalie out, they didn't really get the chance that they needed to, and you go through with it. You know, you go through, you get your empty netter. And by the way, also, um, I I believe – I mean, Edmonton had double-digit shots every period of the game, 12 in the third period where they did not score a goal, by the way, and 37 total, which means that Carter Hart comes out of this with a 34 out of 37 save performance. And honestly,
0: Connor McDavid power play. What do you really expect him to do about that? Like, we, and I don't, I don't really want to beat this dead horse because I feel like on every show we come in here and talk about how all these goals weren't Carter Hart's fault. I understand he's the goalie and it's his responsibility at the end of the day to make the stops. But honestly, most of the goals he's led in this so far this season have been weird bounces or power play or an awful turnover by Nick Freakin' Sealer. Or whoever, like, I, yes, he he bears the ultimate responsibility because he is the netminder. He because also made faults around him, and that's not his fault.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was that Edmonton power play with what, eight minutes left in the third period or something like that. That he makes a really big save on Dry Massive save. Massive, which, massive Which massive. I don't, which you want to play like that, I don't know if it's happening last year. So that's the stuff that I keep taking from it is that's a save that I think last year, if, with the way his confidence was, you have a problem. This year, you're getting that save.
0: Yeah. And then speaking of saves, moving to Thursday night, Martin Jones.
1: Yeah, did that shut a few people up?
0: Uh, it, hi. Hello. Yes. I would like to be the first, well, maybe not the first, but I'd like to be the first member of this podcast to apologize to Martin Jones. Uh, I was skeptical, and obviously we'll need to see a little bit more of this, but what I've seen from Martin Jones so far has been nothing short of spectacular I mean, from what pl- you expect out of your backup goaltender.
1: He's played too, first of all, here's the only thing you can ask for to start with. He's played two games. What's their record? Two and zero. Exactly. He's kept you in two games against not easy opponents, right? No. No. You know, because let's just way. you're playing Boston, which you didn't know what to expect. It's a different Boston team. Let's be real about that. It but is. But it's not. But it's still really dangerous. Still top line.
0: Bergeron, right?
1: Of which, by the way, also that you know, again, another like that first game against Boston, 40, 40 shots against. So he makes 37 saves all 12 in the third period. So he's keeping you in a game for like during that period, because it's close the whole way you're sitting there going, well, you know what you don't want to see at the end of that game. It's four, three, it's four, three, it's four, three. You either want an insurance goal or you better pray because when they get those three guys out there with more enforcement, because what is it going to be when it's six on four? It's going right. to be those three. Probably Taylor Hall. McAvoy's out there. Who else can you throw at? Like it's, it's you'll throw out somebody, up, right? You're going to throw out a ton of guys who could all hurt you, and you don't know if you want to see this. So you get to the point where you get the insurance goal. And why did you get the insurance goal? Because he's made all these saves. So it's five three. Yeah. So you Martin get to Jones this has been great. Game. So you get to this game. It's not. It was not a performance of heavy volume because he only had he only had four. Faced four shots in the first period and gave up the goal then. So right. he's three of four through the first period. But that entire second period, they get out shot 16 to five. He stops all of them. It's a much more even third period, eight to eight. But there's a save on Tyler Myers that was Beautiful. outstanding. And I don't know how the shot from Besser didn't go in. Uh, me neither. Square in the mask. Dented his cage. <laughs>
0: Martin Jones played really 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 good hockey on Thursday night. He there's just no better way to say that. He was generally in the right position. He I, he played well. He if we if you get that performance from him 35 40 times however often they play him, hopefully it's closer to 25 30. But if you get that performance out of him when you call his number, then if, knock on wood, mm-hmm. Carter Hart ever needs to miss any sort of time, whether he needs two or three games off just to get his head right or you know some sort of small injury, et cetera, et cetera, I trust giving Martin Jones a net at this point. And now, again, I don't want it for a long period of time,
1: this, but this as ha- of
0: right now, I'm willing to give him several games if he needs to.
1: I'm not, I'm not trying to jump too far ahead either because we still haven't touched on Saturday yet, but their next game is Arizona on Tuesday. And I'm not, this is, has nothing, this is no reflection of Carter Hart whatsoever, because Carter Hart was outstanding in that Saturday game, too. I wouldn't mind of, seeing Martin like, Jones numbers, get that game. I would play Martin Jones in that game on Tuesday and say, Carter, you're coming back for the first two divisional games. They're yours. And then you get a three day pause to come back to it, right? Like, that would be beautiful. You can regroup for the next three days to reset yourself. Like, that's actually kind of the beauty of the early season schedule at this point. Like, the gap between the, the last game against Florida on the previous Saturday. And then not playing until Wednesday is almost like you get to sit back and go. There's an easy way to set up the goalie rotation. And now guess what? You played that three games, you get two days. Now you get to set up your week ahead again. Then you get three. You set up the week and weekend ahead. It, it's a nice way it's to go nice. about doing things because you get the time to prep the goalie who's next. And I, I just think that that's a good game for him. I because agree. Because I think you want your top guy facing these divisional teams as much as possible,
0: and in in the in the other side, you get to give Martin Jones a little bit of a softer opponent in, in Arizona, a game that you should still be able to get two points out of, even with your backup netminder. And if he plays as well as he's as he's been playing, I would expect nothing less than two points.
1: Sure, I mean. Well, you're, you, the thing is, you're, you're going to have big problems if you have trouble in Tuesday's game. Right. You have big problems if that's the case.
0: Although some of that's going to have to do with the status of Ryan Ellis, and we'll talk about that in See, a little here, bit here.
1: It shouldn't, though, because I, I, <laughs> no, cause I, I, here's the thing. I, I think, no, I think you, needed the, you need the two-day gap because you need kind of a chance to f- fill up the tank here. Because if we're getting to Saturday's game, I understand how it looked. I know it's not pretty. It sucks when you're not competitive, it, it, or when it or when it feels like you're in a game, and when if you it could feels just like you're
0: barely playing the game.
1: But 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 when you're in the game, it's it's no score or it's one nothing. And if you could just flip that switch, it's not over yet. Just flip that switch, and and All it it's takes not is one over. bounce. Right. right? Which they did not get either, but
0: <laughs> no, they certainly didn't
1: but i thought that there was really a massive overreaction to the first of its kind you know it's not a trend yet like i get it it's 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 a very it was very reminiscent of a game from last season i'm not trying to take that away from what it was
0: it sure felt a lot like march april hockey
1: well with one key difference which was <sighs> carter hart was on his game that's correct i mean what, what 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 else was he supposed to do he gives up two goals on the power play the third one was an empty netter, and the fourth one was, as far as I am concerned, a guy who was so due to score a goal in that game, it was painful. Yep. Just getting time and space, oh, which, by the way, after the empty net goal, since it was post-empty net goal, Elaine Vigneault decided at that point with the game out of reach, over, you tried to pull the goalie, it's over with. He did not play his top line anymore. He did not play his top defensive pairing anymore, or at least he didn't play Ivan Provrop anymore. Their night was done. They spent the last three three minutes and forty nine seconds on the bench.
0: That team that team and that unit didn't really deserve a chance on that night to try to come back.
1: Well well they'll see they, they There did was nothing
0: th- from them the first fifty seven minutes of the game. No.
1: Nope. Well no but I think what you're also trying to do at that point is is that that it's a realization of I'm just trying to play out these last 4 minutes without using these guys. I've used it was them the a team whole game.
0: and I said this in the group chat. It was a team that looked gassed at the end of their first road trip of the season. First trip to Canada in almost 2 years. 3 games in 4 nights. Right. It was a team that looked tired. 3 different time zones on 3 different nights or 4 different nights. Like I, they looked exhausted.
1: And, they, and I agree with that. Here's the other thing to me that's important to remember. I think people are looking at Calgary and thinking about how basically Calgary was not that different from the Flyers a season ago. The, the one key difference was is that they fired a coach midseason. But other than that, it was rather listless. It was complete disappointment they've got a great top line and you're going well why isn't it working what's the problem what's going on here they, they went they, out and got jacob had,
0: markstrom they fixed their goal well, issue
1: no they didn't though because he was already there last year so you're sitting there oh, going right so you're sitting there going well, you got the new goalie what's the problem then he's not it's not hit like he's not playing to the same level you're not getting the performance from any of your players
0: well he's turned it around because he's already got three shutouts this season
1: Right, so like, oh, of course, but well, he was already good to begin with, though people knew right, that. Right, but he, he had a was, bit of
0: a poor season last year, his first year in Calgary. He did, but they the year had be- just had a rough year overall.
1: But the year before, he in the bubble, he basically carried Vancouver as far oh, yeah. as they were going gonna go.
0: He was spectacular for them.
1: But anyway, um, so he, you're sitting there watching this game, and I think that that's an association that was made a lot. Was that well, Calgary wasn't very good a year ago. What the hell's going on? Like this, like and and Things truth change. No, but truth be told, if going into this week, I would have told you that the t- – like, to me, the goal was get two out of three, which is exactly what they did. If yep. you would have told me that the two out of three were Vancouver and Calgary, I would have told you I believe it at
0: 1,000%. Absolutely.
1: And it turned out to be different. It turned out to be Edmonton, Edmonton and, Vancouver. and Vancouver, which – I thought was, let's just say, that was two really gutsy wins because the first one you're trying to play from a position of they're faster than you are, and they're going to be coming for you. You've got the lead back in the third period, and you know that wave's coming. You need good goaltending. You need to kind of weather the storm against that team. You kept them to the outside a lot, and then your worst nightmare comes halfway through that third period in Edmonton. A penalty. Oh, no, their power play is going to get a shot. With like eight minutes left. That's your worst nightmare. The only thing that could be worse yep. The only thing that could be worse was what happened the next night, which was, hey, here's a penalty with a minute twenty left. Yep. Good luck. Defend it or, or lose, potentially. Right. Or go to overtime. Well, lose. The, <laughs> cre- the credit to them is that you did defend it. And it's an area that we were like sitting here going, Well, what kind of penalty kill you they have? You got two of the gutsiest penalty kills in those situations yeah. because you survived it. I got to
0: say, I am loving, loving, loving this second penalty kill group. This concept of putting Cam Atkinson and Joel Farrabee out there and just saying go. Oh my goodness, it's so much fun.
1: It is. and and Faraby's had a little, like Faraby looked probably most tired of a lot of the forwards out there by the end of that road trip. That is true like by the end of it he really seemed to struggle. I just think they couldn't get any rhythm at all going in that game on Saturday. But there was like and, and I shared this with you guys because it was like this was the types of reactions that I was getting. We're 7 games into the season. Yeah. They came, No, no. They're, they were they were 4-1 and 1 prior and that includes you Let's just wait. That includes you didn't know what to expect from Seattle. I mean Seattle could be Vegas 2.0. Not on paper, but who knows? It's a bunch of misfits. It's a bunch of players that every other team said, we don't want you. So they go and join a new team. Maybe it sparks them, maybe it doesn't. You demolished that team.
0: Demolished. Thanks, Dave.
1: So that's the first one. You play the team that gave you fits last year in every way, shape, and form, and you beat them. You play an undefeated team in Florida, that you were able to hang with the entire game. And then you did the same thing with Edmonton, and you win the game. And then to top it all off, the team that you started this whole process with, that you had to rally back, get two goals in about two minutes to even get a point out of, you play with your backup goalie, you defend, you hold on to a one-goal lead the whole way through, and you find a way to win this game.
0: I'm so glad you said that like that. I'm so glad that you finished with the phrase, find a way to win that game. Right. Because one of the things that we have talked about on this show for a very long time is the games that the good teams find the ways to win. Right. And so far this season, and I'm not going to sit here and say that the Flyers are definitely going to be a top-tier team. They're definitely, you know, quote-unquote good. But so far again, at roughly 10% of the way through the season, they are finding ways to win games that good teams find ways to win.
1: Especially when you play two games back-to-back that are totally different.
0: Absolutely. It is so hard to play two styles of hockey that diametrically opposed on back-to-back nights. Exactly. And they, they handled both games very, very, very well. So Conor you, David scores, Cam Atkinson ties it up 17
1: seconds later. Like, we saw this... All week like it right so yeah. no so, so my, my point is that to get seven games into your season to have a clunker finally they're going to happen this is an 82 game season if you think you're going to come out and play competitively every single time think again right somebody's going to have do off nights year. and this is like i'm sitting trying to argue this point because of the fact that i'm going You do realize that Calgary just came into this game. They were on the road for five games and never trailed and played teams with among teams, you know, teams among a grouping that are division rivals of the Flyers. Teams like Washington, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, the Devils. They played who they played before that that was not a Metro team, but they played some, I think Detroit, which is okay. Detroit might not be saying near as much as some of the others. I'm not trying to say that, but at the same time, like they never trailed. It's I mean, not. It's not five and zero. Oh, and oh, by the way, they had to really dig and claw their way to a win at some point. They had to rally at some point, or they played through a first period and were behind. No, never trailed. And your goalie has shut out, like, has shutouts in three of his last four, or something like that. Your one goalie does, I should say, because I I think Vladar got one start in there somewhere, or something like that. But whatever. My point being, that's a really good team. Yeah and i think Absolutely. the big and i think the biggest difference for them because they did not make changes the way that the flyers made changes this off season they're a relatively similar roster but the thing that's different for them is they have a head coach that came in in the middle of last season so he didn't get a training camp right so and what he happened has now
0: implemented some systems i'm sure
1: yeah. so what happens when you give teams 3 weeks and say you can prepare the way you want to prepare and you get a real training camp with I don't know, a two time Stanley Cup champion. Pretty good. You're going to be a pretty good team. So I got a little frustrated with people acting like, like I turned, this is why like I, the Flames this, are still bad. Not even like the Flames are still bad, but you do this against Arizona, who hasn't won a game yet, and, and, and not we just. We have problems. And I'm not sitting here saying that that doesn't mean it's not possible to lose that game, but right. you don't want to lose that game and go, oh, by the way, through half, more than half of the game, you've got four shots on goal right and
0: it is worth i think it is worth mentioning that this team is still without their second line center we still haven't seen kevin hayes play although we'll see how that goes when uh when he comes back in terms of where he starts versus derek broussard but also you're missing and and we do have a slide for this on the youtube channel uh you're missing your your big acquisition defenseman over the season, right? Ryan Ellis has missed the last four games. Yeah, your,
1: your biggest one, yes. Right. Which, again, makes it all the more impressive. You've Exactly. Been, you, you, you were competitive against Florida, didn't win the game, but you're competitive. You, you beat Edmonton, you beat Vancouver the second time around, and you n- only now finally had a game where it felt like, what did it, like, let's be real, what did it really feel like? What was the situation that was rough in that Calgary game that was different in the previous games. The situation that was rough is Know who wasn't a problem in that Calgary game wasn't Ristolainen, it wasn't Sandheim, no. it was Yandel and Sealer. Yeah. Because yeah, I think Nick, you,
0: Nick Sealer needs to go.
1: Well, because you're at the end of your rope playing with those guys in particular.
0: Yep. Like you can o- they can, you can only hold it Humpty Dumpty can only hold it together for so long.
1: Well, cuz look, you can play a really solid game with Justin Braun as your top-pairing defenseman next to Ivan Provorov. when it clicks well. They did for two games. The third game, it starts to wear a little thin. And it's, again, with all the travel, with the amount of games they were playing in such a short amount of time, on the road, three time zones and three nights, like, it's a little complicated. For sure. You know? Like, but at the same time, like, I, I, I have people who are tweeting at me things about, well, geez, you know, what's the deal with ellis then like here he comes with the injury history and your best availability best ability is availability and stuff like that. i'm not disagreeing with you My and you opinion- know when
0: the best time to be available is yes stanley cup playoffs
1: which see this is that I, I have not encountered with that because i kind of let that go for the most part but at the same time like if this was a playoff game if any of those games were playoff, he played he's fine he's skating he, he would have played he skated before Saturday's game and looked like he was like 50-50 shot of being in or not. We're it's talking now, about
0: games four, five, six, and 7 of the regular season which in is, October. Which is
1: also why they just went and flat out placed Kevin Hayes on IR to start the year. It's yeah. You bump him out of the picture because you're sitting here going, it wouldn't have mattered. What kind of player are you getting in game 8 or 9 as opposed to saying he's got to be out for 10?
0: And oh, by the way, they're still four, two, and one. <laughs> Let's relax. They have still looked good in six and a half of the eight games they've played. Dude, we're in good shape, guys. <laughs> we're not like again. I'm not gonna sit here and say we're a juggernaut. We're a great team. We're blah blah blah. We're definitely
1: gonna win the division, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but well, I, th- I think that's the part that concerns people, though, because the thing that concerns I... people is is that when you look like when you look at the division. And the worst points total in the division right now, as we're speaking, is eight points.
0: Yeah, the division's gonna be tough.
1: But see, but, but here's here's
0: the but thing. You also haven't played the division yet, right? And we see that. And this I don't week. know
1: that any. Well, and I don't know that anybody else has, for that matter. Has uh, have people played the division?
0: I know certain people have. I don't know if anybody in the metro has, but um.
1: No, but it was in the early going. It was very few and far between. Like you were getting these, right. like like Calgary. The, the NHL did a
0: great job putting fresh matchups back in rotation because people know knew that last season got a little dull.
1: Well, right. Like, why is the Flyers' first divisional game the ninth game of the season?
0: Why did the Islanders not play a home game till November twentieth? Well,
1: that's because of the new building. No, but I know. I st- uh, look. It, that doesn't make any sense either. They're gonna. It feels that awful. Much. The thing is is that they're surviving it okay. Like you can see how they're like getting through. It's it's a Barry Trotz team
0: run by Lou Lamorello. They're going to be fine. They're well, sure. in good hands. And they're just a good team. Like the Islanders, we talked about them in our season preview. The Islanders are just going to be a problem. And well, the sure. fact and the fact that over the the last 60 games they get to play 40 of them at home. <laughs> pretty pretty good.
1: That's nuts. They um, think about
0: it like you didn't think about it like that, did you?
1: No, I always I kept that in the back of my mind, but like I just right. think it's not that it's even allowed. Like even even Seattle finally got into their arena, which has been pretty cool to see.
0: Absolutely. Um but I would really like to see going back to Ryan Ellis here. I'd really like to see him play on Tuesday because I'd like to see him knock off any sort of rust against Arizona. You know, this is the kind of game where if if he's not feeling 100% and you got to sit him, you know, you'd rather do that against the coyotes on Tuesday than Pittsburgh on Thursday. Right. But, like that, he,
1: but that's the interesting thing to me. Like you're sitting here saying shake off the rust. If he can, I'm not really opposed to him missing a fifth game. Uh, yeah. But if he can
0: play and then we talk about, you know, if it was a playoff game, he'd be playing. I'd like to see him try because I'd rather if he can't go, if he's not a hundred percent, I'd rather be down to five defensemen or even maybe you play seven defensemen and, and go 13, four or an, uh, 11 forwards, but I'd almost rather see that against Arizona than Pittsburgh.
1: But I think, like, here's and I agree with you, because Here, okay. here's the thing. Like, I'm saying, like, of course, I'd rather him just be healthy enough to play, but if they're still sitting, like, if they get through, because here's the thing, they didn't practice on Sunday, obviously. You're flying back from Calgary, you need a day, you just played three and four, you're going to pick it back up on Monday. No question about it. When you pick it back up on Monday, if he's looking good at that point or if you think that he's got a shot, then definitely go into Tuesday with your morning skate and say he's got a shot. But if he's just not there yet for whatever reason, shift your focus to Thursday right away. Give him a couple I, more days. I agree.
0: I think I'm just trying to find ways to get Nicholas Obey Cubell out of the lineup.
1: Or, you know, you want Nick Sealer out of the lineup. Obey kubel well, was all right. Because I think, well, you know, I'm, I'm
0: saying if you go to 11 forwards, you get to chop Nicholas Obey kubel
1: Well, no, you already got there because you got Patrick Brown in the lineup.
0: That is true and he looked
1: okay like a guy who hadn't played in a while. I didn't hate him in that first game to be honest. He was terrible. I think in the second game they all kind of really pushed in that I mean it, you know what and it's a, here's it, it's a good point too because we've talked about this uh, this goes back to the three games and a big problem area that they have right now which is you can't go I mean we it, it realistically it's a four game problem not a three game problem because it really started with last Saturday because that was that's, that's still one of the best teams in the league, and you gave them seven power play opportunities, and then you Ooh. followed, and then you followed that up with I th- I think it's four, five, and five or something like that. Like something along those lines. It it, it, it that's the it, I don't know if that's the right order, but it's definitely the number because it's it's fourteen over three games. So you've allowed twenty one power plays in four games.
0: Yeah, you got to work on that discipline a little bit.
1: And, and that's what was nice because Elaine Vigneault finally said that, right. like after that, like like we gotta Why, get you that get, under control.
0: When you get guys like Nick Sealer and Nicholas Obi-Cabell or Patrick Brown, when you get them out of your lineup, Zach McEwen, love to see him get out of the lineup at some point here. Your discipline will get better, right? Because your your Kevin Hayes doesn't take as many penalties as, for example, a Zach McEwen. So it's kind of just gonna go down through your roster, getting better. Hopefully. I think. It's
1: a, I think it's important to look at um, from from that game kind of with the Edmonton game. They, Edmonton goes one for four on the power play that night. And then Vancouver goes 0 oh for five, I believe. And then you know Florida had gone one for seven. And Calgary finally kind of gets you and goes two for five. But the point I'm making is that there's a number of penalties that you kill off where you do kill them off, and it's the full two minutes. And if, when you have that much involved in it, like, full t- uh, with I think with the exception of the only one I think is the ex- exception is the minute 20 that you kill off at the end of the Vancouver game, which is your final minute 20 of the game. So what are you doing, though? You If you're taking four to five penalties a game and pretty much killing them all off, you're looking at anywhere between six minutes—well, at least six minutes— and that's a ton of born,
0: bad ice time for your penalty six, killers.
1: Six to ten, and you, and you're yeah, you're wearing guys out because you're asking them to be out there. And for the and most part, when you're
0: getting Claude Giroux to take the face off, and when your second unit involves Atkinson and Farabee, like those are some of your top six guys. Like those are the guys that you're needing to produce on offense. That's right, and half the game on the penalty kill.
1: Which is why I think that when like you look at like. Like I said, when it looks like Farabee was really worn and didn't have the best game because of it at the end of that road trip, that's the reason why. You have him killing penalties. You know, but like you you have him killing penalties and Atkinson's killing penalties. So in the last two games of that trip, even Atkinson looks a little bit more ineffective over time.
0: I can't wait. When this team is at full effect and, and we're talking in the playoffs. I cannot wait to watch Cam Atkinson breaking down the Wells Fargo Center ice on a shorthanded attempt because the, the place is going to be a buzz. Because the, but like I'm still thinking of a nickname,
1: right? But you get where I'm coming from with this, though, right? Like what you really need in the grand scheme of things is you need Sean Couturier when it, when when he does come back, Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Nate Thompson, Patrick Brown. Trying to think if there's a Scott Lawton, Scott like, Lawton. Those are the guys you need to rely on as penalty killers. Because right. that that takes Claude Giroux off the ice. That takes Joel Faraby off the ice. It I takes, think getting
0: Claude Giroux off the penalty kill is paramount to the team's long term success.
1: I'm I'm just trying like I'm trying to go through my head because even Broussard, I think was killing penalties a little bit, but not often. And, but
0: like, I don't mind that, but I mind that a lot less once Hayes comes back.
1: For well, now, sure, I but,
0: prefer uh, Broussard not killing penalties.
1: It's just, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, that's yeah. a lot of hard work to do in the course of three games, too. Like, there's a big difference between, hey, you, it looks like you're getting outplayed in that final game and it looks like you're really tired. And know those games didn't look like near as much. No, those were hard fought. First of all, you're skating with the fastest team in the league in the first one. And then the second one, you're killing off penalty after penalty, trying to hold on to a one goal lead the whole time. You're, it's a stressful you're, game. Yeah, it's, it's tough. So you're I, gripping I, don't think the sticks. Right, so I don't think you have much of a choice, and it turns into a, it. It becomes tougher for that reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I mean, if they can cut down on that type of stuff, and listen, you should go out there. And the way that I look, I'm not trying to sit there and say that I'm discounting the possibility for Arizona by any stretch. I remember an Arizona team that came to Philadelphia not too long ago that also didn't have a win and got their first win in overtime. You know, it does happen. You needed to be and got their first win in overtime, I believe, after a frantic late game rally by the Flyers to even get it there. Like it, it made them actually look like the choke artists that they had been to that point where it was like, oh, my goodness, they really can't win a game. And then one late odd band rush and it was over, you know, so you, you want to go out and like if you could have a Seattle type game, I think like like I, I think you, you, you almost well, like speaking of teams that can't win a game. Look, what, at, the see, no, look uh, at the next
0: opponent. No, look at the next opponent. Oh, uh, what Arizona? The Arizona Coyotes are o eight and one. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like this. Absolutely.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like I-, I was trying to explain this when it came to the way that the Calgary game went. I'm like, that's a team that's five one and one on a five game winning streak, haven't trailed since they lost in overtime in the second game of the season. Essentially, like right.
0: this is a good. They're a good, good looking team at least. If
1: you're getting four shots in a period and four through half of the second period still, against, but against a team like Arizona that's not after a ro- road trip like this, or not the tail end of a road trip like this, like, it's gonna happen. What you need to do now is respond to it. Like, that's what my takeaway was at the end of it. It's, if it's a trend, now you've got a problem. It's yeah, if, one game.
0: If the Flyers are a good team, I would not want to be an Arizona Coyote on Tuesday.
1: Well, sure, and and, and but... <laughs> Like, this is what I'm trying to get it to. Like, weren't we not, like, after the first couple of games, weren't we not, a, like, a little skeptical? Like, we're sitting here going, well, okay, look what they did to Seattle. That's great. Look what they did against Boston. That's great. And competitive against Florida. And then as it builds and you're going, look, they beat Edmonton. Look, it's, Like, you're asking yourself, are they for real or not, kind of. And it's not a question that gets answered in the first month of the season, per se. Right. But you're asking yourself, the reason you're asking yourself that question is because of the fact that you're sitting here going, well, last year they were 7-3-2 and two through like 11 games or 12 games. So, it all fell apart. So what's to say that 4-1-1 one, one wasn't the same thing?
0: Well, and I think this is a big week for that because like sure, you mentioned. Oh, sure it is. Right. You... We, haven't, we haven't seen a divisional game yet. And this week we get a little bit of a softball with the Arizona Coyotes. And we've kind of touched on that game a little bit. And I think we both expect the Flyers to win. Uh, you speculate that Martin Jones should play. And I completely agree. I think that's a great idea. And then the back half of the week, you got two quick little travel. They're one travel day type trips. Right. You got Pittsburgh on Thursday, Washington on Saturday, and it's time to figure out where you are in the Metro pecking order. Something important. It's at least time to start working on that.
1: Something important with this Washington game, by the way, is that it's not really the first time you're seeing them. Right. Because you did pretty much play their full lineup in a preseason game. Yeah. So you kind of got to know what you're going up against. You just need at least to, a little bit for sure. You just need to actually execute. And I I, I still don't think that like not everything was going to be perfect. Seven games into the season with all that stuff. Execution's not always going to be there. And you're still doing this without a full lineup. So like you got something's got to give a little bit there. It's just a matter of like you just don't want to see this. You don't want to see this team carry this game over to a, a, a game on Tuesday against a team like that. You, you you just don't because that takes away from it that's like that's like losing 6 to 1 to buffalo
0: arizona feel like it's not a must win game obviously from any sort of playoff perspective blah 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 but for the kind of keeping the ship on the right course arizona is a big game for you should come out and you should handle this team and you should you know walk away with two clean points you know your first home game in a well, week and a half like it, you should win this game
1: well exactly but also it's it's when it becomes again it's when it becomes a trend that you start to worry about it so what's been the good thing so far like I look at the first six games before you get to that Calgary game and go the difference between those six games and what I saw at any point last season was it felt more like every time the Flyers won a game early in the year last year whether it was the two against Pittsburgh right you know right off the bat whether it's The two games that ended January against the Islanders that you somehow won in overtime. I even came home from one of those games and went, I don't even know how. Like, I have no explanation for it. It just happened that way. How many games did we watch, though, early in the season where you go, well, they won, but it wasn't all that satisfying.
0: Right, we did see a lot of that over the first half. of I
1: think, played like the season. Devils, twice on the road, and they were two of the most unsatisfying wins. Like it was good to win, but it's like we that's thought not we, we thought the
0: team had better hockey than we were seeing for sure.
1: And it, but what's the thing you kept telling yourself? Oh, it'll get better. Like give it a little bit more time in this. Oh, give it more time in the season. It'll get better. It'll get better. And, and then, then the, and the whole then team
0: got COVID, COVID and, it and it imploded.
1: Right, but at the same time, like my my thing is is that. It felt like they were getting more lucky in those games than actually winning those games. Like I'm looking they at this, they were keeping and going, themselves
0: like, close enough to get the lucky bounce, and when they didn't get the lucky bounce, they lost the game. And then like back I'm half seeing, the season, they just quit on themselves.
1: But I'm seeing the team that two years ago worked really hard to generate an opportunity. And, and when they finally got it, made a team pay for it. Like they, it's they basically like, like you. Have it's amazing a team what team a dinners mistake. will do for you. Well, I guess, but also like it's. It, but this is what happens. Like when they would pressure a team into a mistake and then go down and find a way to score off of it, that makes a huge difference to me. Like that's what I see from them. That's different than last season. It feels more you. like a team that works harder. They definitely do but when they when they're winning. They have a, they do have a little swagger to them because here's the other thing about having the swagger. The Flyers
0: are a vibes team. But, 100%. But here, here's
1: the thing about having swagger, okay? You you beat Vancouver and Martin Jones is in goal and Claude Giroux makes a joke at the press conference going, he kind of let in a soft one on that for, like on that one goal.
0: It was <laughs> And you don't rib your goalie like that if it was a hard fought close no, but, like, game blah 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 he, you do that he, when you're having fun but
1: he makes the well he let in a soft one you know right. and, jo- and jones smiles and is like having a chuckle over it like this this is a lot of fun like we're like
0: that's a loose team
1: right They're well no it's it, it you're you're saying loose in a sense that emotionally they're not wound so tight they're but collectively, as, collectively as a unit yep. they are like this like they are the very Flyers, united
0: for the, I told you, I said this a couple of weeks ago on our season preview. This team lives and dies by the vibes. And when the vibes are good, the team is good. And when the vibes are bad, we get 2021. The, the, the season we saw last, you know, last season.
1: Which is, and see, this is what, what the important part of it is. Because if you can write the ship quickly and go, it was just one game. that That game against Calgary was the end of a road trip. <sighs> Nothing really left in the tank, couldn't generate much. It is what it is. We're putting it behind us and we move on to the next one. And look what we do in the next one that makes you forget all about that game. You do those things, you have you're back on the right track. Because that's how think about how quickly you turn turn the tide on it and you go, You went from four two and one to five two and one. Well, now there's a little bit more disparity in that win loss total and you're right there. You know what I mean? Like you need to just turn the tide the right way. So that this way you go like just so you also go into those games against Pittsburgh and Washington and go in feeling like you have a little sense of confidence about it, especially on the road because you want to do well on the road.
0: Worth noting that Sidney Crosby has returned for the Penguins, and we should expect to see him in action on Thursday.
1: i worth noting that our Alex Ovechkin conversation <laughs> wasn't for nothing because. He's on the schedule very soon.
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully Carter Hart handles business there. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, it's it's gonna be a little bit of a weird ending of the show here. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we move to kind
1: of our our last topic here? Um, not really. Just looking forward to another week. Looking forward to final. It's it's weird. I embraced the the three games on the road. I mean, not the start times obviously, but <laughs> embraced the three games on the road. Like. You know it's good to not have to jump up and run out from one thing to the next and go to do like i love going to do the games obviously everybody knows that but it's weird like i wanted that break a little bit it's like it's nice to know i don't have anything to run off to and do anything with that and now it's like okay when's you know how soon is tuesday
0: when's the next game like
1: when can i go to that <laughs> when, I, when can I,
0: I get back in the building
1: to be honest and i I don't want to make it seem like I can't stand, like, they, they need these breaks in their schedule, don't get me wrong, and, and sometimes I need them, too, after a certain number of games, but the three-day gap after this week, which is going to lead up to, and a lot of road games, by the way, like, they played these three on the road, take two days off, play one game at home, now two, more on games, the road. now two more on the road, three days off, one at home, back-to-back on the road, and then finally you get this week where it's like, oh, yeah, now we're back home for, like, now a- Now it's sh- a
0: homestand
1: right like that's the thing like it kind of that kind of not get, it doesn't get to me it's just, just like I'm ready to get to that back to that again a little bit
0: you're ready to get back in the building with some regularity
1: well that game could be that week could be fun by the way I know it's a little bit down the line and all that stuff like that, but that week with Calgary Toronto or Calgary Tampa and Boston all on the schedule the Calgary game is the is the hall of Fame night the night okay. before the night before is the alumni game they're having which is oh that'll be fun which by the way has a lot for I, you know I, th- we'll talk are, about that for sure the week oh, of. i know i know i'm just kind of doing a little teaser yeah on that for sure we have you know i'm sure we have people who listen to this who are flyers fans of all kind of eras if you will and all generations so there's people who've been watching from the beginning there's people who are new fans who pretty much only know the claude drew era let's just say right? right so when you get you can get people in a lot of players are coming back that were part of like the Rick Tockett era teams. So you've got guys who are coming back who have not participated in any alumni game. And this goes back to not the one at the Winter Classic, not the one for the 50th, first time ever.
0: I think there's a lot of guys who looked at COVID and they're looking at this as their first opportunity to kind of get back into hockey.
1: You were COVID. reading my mind. I, yeah. th- I Well, not only that, but I thought about it and I went – If there's guys who kind of were like, I'm never going to do one of these things because I I don't want to get like, I'm not going to play. and They just got
0: locked in their house for a year and a half and they're going, yeah, maybe I'll pull the skates back out.
1: And well, or even just to say I can come and be there to just attend and and enjoy myself, you know, like that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, and 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 as always, you've got like like I won't spoil the some of the obscure names that are kind of coming back for the first time, but some of the usuals, that people know and love coming back. I mean, Lindros and Leclaire are playing, Mark House playing, like it's good stuff. It's always good stuff when when it gets to happen. I think Joe Watson's playing too. Ooh, that'll be interesting. But Joe Watson was supposed to, I believe, whatever the last alumni event the event they had was, it was supposed to be his last game. And he was oh, going to and he's retire. pulling it back and, out. And he was going to retire and just kind of be like the guy who shows up at these things and just wears you the jersey. Retire. He, he, no, but wears the jersey, stands on the bench. And because it's so close to, I guess, the last one over the summer or something like that that he must have done or whatever it was, he's doing it again. He's playing oh, one more time. Love it. It's the only shame, and they put it out there, is, is that Bernie Perrant just had back surgery recently, so he's not going to be able to attend. Now, he was going to, but he had I don't to don't think. Uh,
0: I don't think Ron's going to be invited either.
1: He's not on the list. I didn't know. Oh, okay. There. That's what a shocker. No, for goodness sake, if you want to talk about my <laughs> former goalies, they even got Mike McKenna to come back before Ron. I, I love that. <laughs> Mike McKenna's a good dude, too. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he took he, things well. He's a good guy who knew his role. Just and, that black and, mask. And, and, and also, by the way, closed out a career where he was all over the place and did it in Allentown of all places. Love it. It's Pretty cool. All right. So, uh,
0: as we kind of get towards the end of our show here, uh, we do have one more topic to discuss and it's something that's kind of been beaten to death over the last several days since the news came out. Um, so we're going to do our social media plugs and stuff here. And if you've had enough of this story, I certainly understand it's, it's the Chicago Blackhawks incident. Um, so before we get into that, if you are on your way out, we do, did want to thank you for coming and listening. Uh, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at YWT podcast, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Derso, And, uh. Make sure to follow at Sports Talk, PHL and, or Sports Talk Philly and at Flyer Delphia, too, for all your Flyers coverage. And, uh, Kevin, and, was there anything you wanted to say before we get into it here?
1: Yeah, for if anybody does drop out now, come back next week because three more games on the table. So let's, you know, come back and hear us break those down, too, because it's, it's been a lot more fun having, I guess, fewer games to break down a week. Like, remember we were doing it, it was four a week. <sighs>
0: yeah, you can go more in depth when it's three games. Four is a lot.
1: There's gonna be a few. and
0: and we'll get back to that at some point.
1: There's gonna be a few. I think there are only like two. It's gonna be but, great.
0: All right, so uh, yeah. it's about time we get into this. Uh, this is gonna be the the Kyle Beach story. Um, before before we get really into this, I did want to just throw out a trigger warning for any sort of sexual assault, and there will be conversations about that here. Um, if you somehow have not heard, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast and we haven't heard it by now, but Uh, The Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the results of their investigation from last summer have been made public. (sighs) It's really, it's bad. It's it's really, really bad. Um, Kyle Beach came out as the John Doe uh, number one involved in this incident. He, you know, kind of came forward and said, I'm the victim. Um, This is what I went through. This is how I went through it. he was supremely forthcoming with the investigation team and the the report if you'd like to read it is available online it's it's a tough read um it's it's a tough subject and the the things kyle went through were atrocious and the amount of disgusting things that happened here are numerous Uh, one of which being obviously the actual assault that occurred Another being the fact that uh, several members of the Chicago front office had a meeting to discuss whether or not that they were going to report this. And they then made a decision to not report it for several weeks so that the team could go win the Stanley Cup without distraction, essentially. Um, uh, John Quenville has lost his job as the coach of the Florida Panthers. Stan Bowman has stepped down as uh, general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they, and and USA Hockey and uh, right he also left from, USA from the, Hockey from
1: the Olympic team as well so he's out there as well he,
0: yeah um there there are so many uh, just atrocities involved in this story that we couldn't possibly touch on all of them uh, there, there's a recommendation letter from Chicago to the abuser so he could go work for a university uh, it,
1: where he where he then did it again
0: right and ended up going to prison for it uh, Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks organization has been under fire in recent years for things like their 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 name, their logo their et cetera et cetera, et cetera. This is the worst of the bunch and it's not particularly close in my opinion. I, the Chicago Blackhawks failed Kyle Beach and
1: that list goes the list goes longer than that it, the they list they, is, they failed him the Players association failed him.
0: His teammates failed him,
1: te- both immediately teammates- afterward and in the training camp following. The league in general failed him, which, I mean, let's put it this way. I, I know it's kind of, I don't want to use this word in this kind of discussion, but it is kind of a joke sometimes, an easy joke to talk about how the league screws up certain situations. Yeah. but They sure so, did so, do a good job so on this it kind of. So it kind of is like, what else is new when you sit there and say the league failed him? <sighs> It's, but it really hits when you sit there and you go. It's not just the league in this situation. You have a whole players' association that is literally dedicated to protecting the players who play the game, yeah. and they didn't step in and d- did it. You know, yeah. do anything about this. His teammates did not step in and do anything about this. The front office and management of the Chicago Blackhawks did not step in and do any any of this. And why was that? Because the cost of winning was more important than this than basically a crime and basically. A young man's well being, a 20 year old's well being, mentally and physically, to sit there and, and, and emotionally, all three areas, to sit there and say, nope, the Stanley Cup's more important than all three of those things. And that's why we're just going to try to push it aside.
0: So the abuse happened when Kyle was called up from the Rockford Ice Hogs to be a black ace for the Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, The incident occurred uh, towards the end of the Western Conference Finals. The team was kind of between that and their Stanley Cup Final. Um, Probably the most chilling, sickening thing that I, from my perspective on it, is uh, what Coach Kiyo allegedly said in the meeting. And apparently when learning of these allegations of this incident, he said something to the effect of, the team can't or the it, it's really hard for the team to have gotten where they are right now we can't deal with this right now
1: basically what it was is that we don't need a distraction with negative publicity at this time that was that was basically what it came down to and we don't I, need this distraction I and, hope. and negative publicity because the because yeah. stan- we're going for a stanley cup which right uh, there basically translates to what i had just said about the stanley cup is wor- it's wor- is it's more in your mind yep. to you and more important that's the cost of it. Then the cost of it is I'm going to overlook a situation that involves a 20-year-old kid that could scar, that will, that could. It did, has it scarred did, him for it life. It
0: derailed his career to the point where the following year, a scout listed in his scouting report. I don't know if you've seen this.
1: Uh, the part where it said it, I, that he the thought incident. The incident
0: with Brad Aldrich last year really screwed him up. Basically. And it essentially derailed the career of an 11th overall pick, a guy who I've heard Tom Wilson-esque. And I don't really remember a ton about Kyle Beach as a prospect or as a young player, but I hope. So the Chicago Blackhawks have announced that they, they would be interested. They would like to settle with Kyle. And Kyle has said something to the nature of, nah, I'd rather take you guys to court and expose everything because I'm no, in that kind of mood.
1: No, I think it's the other way around. They're trying to discredit his story a little bit. Well,
0: well, because they wanted to settle, and he said, no, I don't want to settle, so now they're going to play the legal game. So, some and of I, the
1: some of the legal details are definitely a little fuzzy with me. I, I want
0: to see John Quenville well. on the stand. I want to see him squirm, and say what he said in that meeting, looking Kyle Beach in the face. I want to say it. Because at this point, that's what he deserves, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and there's really no way to put a bow on this story. And there is no bow on this story. This is going to be a stain on hockey for a very long time. And I'm, I hope well, that reforms are made to, pre- to prevent this from ever happening again.
1: Yeah, well, look, because here's where I'm at with this. Um, for, well, first of all, number one, it is going to be a stain on hockey for a long time because of the fact that when it was brushed under the rug for 11 years, then it's going to be a stain for twice as long, three times as long, whatever it is. Like, it's going. this is going to be a story that might, uh, until it is really, truly rectified in some way, shape, or form, whether it's different... Financially. Poly- well, financially, but whether it's different policies put in place that kind of reflect on So there are let's this way there are people in the hockey community in reacting to this story that are not tone deaf to it if you heard what taylor hall said for example taylor hall hit the nail on the head in expressing how all like and there's certain other people who have talked about too and that's why we've titled like I like when we were talking about how to approach this story, the only banner we could put up is putting the name in the story that matters the most, the person's story that matters the most, which is Kyle Beach's story. That's what matters the most. We have to reflect on him as a person and what he went through and how nobody was there for him during that time. And he has been
0: incredible this week. The strength he has shown coming forward as John Doe, his interview with TSN, right. which they removed their geo lock on. Go to YouTube. Go to TSN's channel. You can watch the full interview. do not region locked.
1: You don't even have to do that because I'm pretty sure that that full interview is available on TSN's YouTube account. It's on NHL on TNT's Twitter Amazing. account or, or NHL on ESPN, one of the two. It's on various Twitter account or YouTube accounts to be able to watch it. Okay, but here's the catch with it. This goes back to any type of – when world issues or when societal issues or when emotional issues or you name it enter the conversation when it comes to sports, the point is that it's supposed to be uncomfortable.
0: Yep. Right? We talked about this a lot over the last 18 months or so on this show.
1: So what really can, and I'm not trying to say this to put put anything on me, I felt, I felt a responsibility as someone who goes to multiple games a year, who covers a team in the league, who has a responsibility and a role around players and coaches and interacts with people in the game. When the report's out, you read it yes. because it's important. To be educated on what went on and to actually get the truth of this report,
0: because that's the only way to start preventing it
1: from happening again. And that's that's the first step. Is and I'll be I'll be honest, I didn't get through it the whole time the first time. I had to stop and come back. It's, it's hard. It's, it's really a, hard. Re- it's a hard read, and not
0: use... and not just because it's legalese and it's written like a legal report. No, it's it's disturbing. It is
1: challenging to read because well because. Fair warning to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. It is very graphic. It's It's,
0: very graphic.
1: It goes into great detail to tell you exactly what happened according to this investigation based on all of the accounts that they had. And I don't know what was actually more disturbing, reading the actual graphic details of what happened or the conversations that were documented with direct quotes according to certain people. That was you know what i mean like that
0: just makes me that like yeah that the the cowardice sure. shown by the chicago blackhawks front office in in may of may june of 2010 is disgusting
1: so that's i mean that's the first part for me was that I feel like I had a responsibility. Read the whole report, every page, every sentence. Go through it. Read it. And and do it no matter how hard it is to actually read that stuff and how uncomfortable it is. That's the point of it being uncomfortable. Force yourself to get through it. Right. That's the first part. Then the second part was actually something 24 hours later. Because we just had the report for 24 hours. And then it comes out, hey, by the way, on TSN, and by the way, I have to turn around and mention Rick Westhead, who is the reporter who spearheaded oh gosh, this. Westhead has been an
0: incredible,
1: and then conducted said interview with Kyle Beach on TSN. He tweets out about the fact that the interview is coming. He has not mentioned a name. He, it's just I don't think only... the name was
0: mentioned until he appeared on the screen.
1: Correct. Which now I you know so he's going to be he's going to do That's this. That's how interview.
0: you protect somebody's identity, by the right. way.
1: Which, by the way, like, yeah. Which, by the way, has he ever? Because, how I can't tell you the number of tweets he's followed up with about. I had another conversation with Kyle today, and he's he's so appreciative of all the support he's getting, and yeah. mentions this and mentions that. Like, he's keeping Rick Westhead should win a him. Nobel.
0: Rick Rick Westhead should win a Nobel, a Pulitzer. Like, yes. he has just done incredible, incredible work on this story. Honestly, he should be nominated for a Pulitzer. One hundred percent.
1: Well, so on top of that, so so you hear it's gonna happen. There's gonna be an interview. I was not able because it was Wednesday night, and I had I had something else to be at when it would have been on. Actually, it wasn't the easiest thing to get to anyway because of the fact in the states because it was done on a Canadian network, so it was Canadian Sports Center. I think it aired like a little later. Maybe I don't know if it aired on NHL Network Live or whatever. I think there was a lot of tweets about, it and then you could watch it later. Like you said, non geo blocked. It was everywhere. The yeah. So,
0: the NHL is uh, doing what they can to get this video I,
1: out there. I might have been an hour behind, but then as soon as I saw it and I went, it's twenty-five minutes long. The Flyers game is not starting until ten. It's You're like in. it's like eight thirty. Let's do it. And I hit, and I hit play, and man, that's I did watch man. And I did not gloss over a single second of it. And. Should kill you inside. It's riveting in to, the
0: worst way. But it
1: should kill you inside to watch him get emotional about it happening to somebody else and feel like he has to apologize.
0: Yeah, right? Did you notice that Stan Bowman's apology didn't say the words "I'm sorry"? Neither, either, did jo- neither did Joel Quenville's, neither did anybody. Nobody. Either, the first words, the first time the words "I'm sorry" were said, it was Kyle Beach apologizing because he couldn't have done more, because he couldn't have stopped his attacker, and I. I have not said I, I don't believe I've said his name more than once and that's on purpose. Yes, I agree. No.
1: You, you actually he you apologized
0: actually, that I did I did say it.
1: No, you said so, you, like, you got it out there before I could sit there and say I wouldn't even say it because I don't there. want to like bring attention to that guy. Fair enough.
0: He apologized because he didn't do enough to prevent that man from attacking
1: again. Somebody else, exactly. And you, you get the And that's a
0: role he shouldn't have had to take.
1: Right it's just you know it's an absolute it's just an absolute tragedy on every level that he's a 20-year-old kid whose career got ruined because yep. of, because of because of such desire and greed and lust for a Stanley Cup
0: if they fire him on the spot get Kyle the counseling he needs over the summer they, this is a whole different animal we, we might be talking about a guy who played in some All-Star games and is still in the league to this day. I'm just 20 years old right. when this happened.
1: And I'm not trying to sit here and say that waiting makes it any better. But if you're taking the steps to get it there and, okay, maybe the public doesn't know about it for the same three weeks that we're talking. Sure. Now, but it becomes an instant scandal for the team that just won the Stanley Cup regardless. And now the attention's on it in the moment still. You haven't gotten to next season. It's like, it just happened in, in late May. Here it is mid-June, and the story is now out there. It's available to everybody. You're telling people that somebody on this team was assaulted. Yep. How do you think... Chicago Blackhawks didn't report it until
0: June 14th. They won the Stanley Cup on
1: June 10th. June 9th. I remember it it like it was yesterday. That's the problem. And that's the thing. I'm not trying to specifically tune this. It's not about us. right? Right. But at the same time... It happened here. Any Flyers fan who who listens to us, who sits there and goes, you know, knows and recognizes that timeline, knows that the day of the meeting that was documented is the same day that they go. They get their spot in the Stanley Cup final, which takes place in this city. And they win a game on on the Wells Fargo Center ice and are celebrating in a Wells Fargo Center locker room. If with, with pretty much any, I mean, t- close enough anyway, because whether even if there's some players who didn't know that video coach is still involved in that team. So he's there
0: uh, and he harassed an intern at that celebration.
1: Th- th- I think that happened back in Chicago the next day. But it, I know in it the very
0: happen. in the ensuing aftermath.
1: Right. But I'm talking about the celebration in that locker room involves players who had at least some idea. Yeah. if not full knowledge. And involves a general manager, head coach, and assistant GM, and team president that all knew this is what happened. And we have to try. And we can't be distracted by this because that's what we wanted. Look what yep. we did. We got what we wanted. And that's what's disgusting about it. Yep. And what's no- even more, what's more disgusting actually beyond that is the fact that the same head coach who is now – moved on from the Chicago Blackhawks, who was coaching with the Florida Panthers, was on a bench the night that that interview aired.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, that, yeah. The fact that they allowed him to coach that game against, yeah, I don't know how that happened. It's tone-deaf.
1: It's tone-deaf by the Florida Panthers. It's more tone-deaf by the league. Actually, what really pissed me off about the league's standpoint in that one is, is that I'm sorry. You make the schedule. You have a whole team of schedule makers. You knew when that team played and who their head coach is. Why did you wait until Thursday to have that meeting? Right. I don't get that at all. Me How neither. do you wait to have that meeting? With no, with the report was out there on Tuesday. Joel Quenville should have been in, in an NHL office on on. Wednesday. By
0: close of business Tuesday, if well, I, even I had if my, my drawers.
1: It came out mid afternoonish enough that people were just reacting to it still in that moment. So if you sit there and you go, "Hey, we're planning it out," you're going to be in the NHL offices the next day. It's Thursday. It's Wednesday morning. You have a meeting Wednesday morning. Be there.
0: There's no real easy way to get out of this. This is this is just a terrible situation yeah. here. Um, we don't really have a clean solution. I wish there was a nice way we could put a little bow on it and end with a joke. And uh, there's really not no and at the risk of sitting here and just being angry i I don't think that's particularly productive i think it makes more sense to just leave with a message of love here and support kyle beach and support and believe victims please
1: well and here's the thing if if i may because i i want to because because i think it's no secret i run pretty much run the flyer delphi account on top of my own account and things like that and i tweeted a couple details as the day was going on like when bowman was getting ready to be ousted in chicago however it was going to go down whatever wording it was going to be whether that satisfies you or not that was resignation or step down or however you want to look at it it doesn't matter the guy does not have a job anymore like that's the that's the bottom line. He's not working in hockey right now, and he needs a meeting with the commissioner to get back into it. Same I was with just Ol- going to mention same with. Same great with move Ol- by Gary Ol- Batman.
0: Uh, well, Everybody involved in this needs a meeting to get back in, according to Gary The Batman. only
1: thing I don't like about it is is that—and this is going back to what Taylor Hall said—it's kind of the old boys club, right? Well, yeah. I don't know if I want the leader of the old boys club, who's been the commissioner for 30 years, to be the guy who says, Oh, you know what? Five years down the road, I'll review his case, and it'll be okay, because— I've known him for, like, I hope that that's not, I just hope. That no, that's the I think goes. this
0: one hangs heavy. Gary, this I, one doesn't blow over in 24 hours. Like this is, this is bad for everyone no. involved for a very long time.
1: I hope that's the case. But it should I, be. I think I'm fair to be skeptical of that though. I agree. But I my, agree. No, my, my point was, is that, uh, so right before it was probably about, I mean, it was literally almost right before the game started. I did this because by that point. I had had time to process watching the actual interview on top of um, reading the report, blah, 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 all that stuff. Everything that was out there, I was looking into as much of it as I could. So I tweeted out from TSN, or retweeted TSN, quote tweeted their thing from the Flyer Delphi account and put, taking a moment to share this important story, it's bigger than this Flyers-Oilers game or any other. Yeah. And I started with that and then I actually followed up a second later and went, I obviously I generalized it in terms because I'm not saying I like, of course, I understand it. But like I'm trying to like a group of us are represented under that umbrella. I I go, we understand if what has been revealed from this investigation and Kyle Beach's story make a break from hockey necessary. We will be providing updates for those that rely on us for them and want to partake, but wanted to make sure Kyle Beach was the center of attention.
0: I agree with that, and I think that's a really good place to leave it. And that's um, and that's
1: what I, and that's why I was trying yeah. to kind of divulge into before we kind of got out of here, which is like, listen, it, this is a really important story. We needed to talk about it, and it's it's hard to get it's hard to get out of it, and it's hard to even turn back and say, hey, by the way, Arizona on Tuesday, just like right. it was that night, to say Edmonton tonight. What do you think? And, but, and that's
0: why we did this at the end of the show. But it, yeah, but it, because... but it,
1: but it, but here's the thing: it's saying it's it's okay to to still sit there and say want to watch that game. like I want to watch that game I'm still going to support the Flyers or I want to get my updates and I right. think it's still okay for people like me who sit there and go I still have a job to do around this game I don't feel like I can just sit there and say well this story like uh, the story has affected me I've got a job I've got a job to do and there's people out there that I don't want to Have to go somewhere else because I'm not there to do my job But at the same time if you need a break from all of it If you want to take time off if you don't want to follow along with this game I'm giving you I'm literally putting it out there like the updates are coming don't think we're ignoring this Absolutely, It's in our minds. It's in our hearts. We're thinking of Kyle Beach at that moment we're not mentioning the other guy's name correct which I, be- I I don't know if it's completely confirmed yet, but justly I believe his name is being removed from the Stanley Cup in some way, shape, or form. Like right. He's getting the old Edmonton oiler treatment, which is to I think he's getting it crossed out in some way, which which actually is better because it doesn't erase it from history. It just says this this is what happens when you do Right. Yeah. You know, and
0: on, on Doing On your note, if if you need a break from hockey, we understand. There's a couple games this week. Yes. They're not really all that important in the grand scheme of things. We all know that. If you need a break from hockey, we understand. If you don't need a break, we'll be back here next Sunday to talk about it. Yep. And and, and that's a good place we'll to talk be. about anything we need to talk about on this subject, but it's, well, well back it, next it, week.
1: it's, it's no different than a couple weeks ago when we sat there and talked about Robin Lehner a little bit and we said, listen, we're going off of what we know. Now it just so happened that by the time we came on and did this show tonight, We know an awful lot because there's a whole lot in all of its horrific details.
0: Like I said, if you need a break, you need a break.
1: But if you need a break, but well, it's listen, if you need a break, because this is happening too often, because we've had discussions about multiple different topics over the years. This is this one probably is it's, it's right up there in the top two, I would say.
0: This is heavy. Yeah.
1: I don't think I need to divulge on what, 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 no, what we don't need
0: to compare how bad things are. we we don't a lot.
1: No, we don't. I'm saying it's, it's right up there. It's another black eye and blemish all over this league and the things that it stands for and, and sports in general for that matter, because you're not going to tell me, I'm not saying that this exact situation has happened in another sport. I'm sure it has though, but it's, the idea of brushing a potential scandal under the rug because a championship is more important than a person's again emotional mental and physical well-being
0: that's ridiculous i, can,
1: I feel like that can i feel like that's probably happened in every major sport somewhere down somewhere along the line and that's what's that's what's horrible it's yeah. it's so, probably happened elsewhere so i i hopefully this incites a movement kind of a movement of change in culture
0: Yeah. And like I said, I I think we kind of leave it here. There's nothing else to be said. We'll be back. We just have to go out there and be better people. Yep. And we'll, we'll be back next week. Thanks.